listening to Give God 90, where we're not afraid of the tough biblical questions, because we will dig through the language, the culture, and the history to find the truth revealed in the words of our Creator. Hello, everyone. Thank you for letting us share part of your day. My name is Jerry Mitchell, your host for Give God 90. Sitting next to me is the lovely Myra. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I got a good look out of that one, didn't I? <clears throat> you never know how I'm going to introduce you, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> For everyone who has been faithful listening to us, we appreciate it. For the new folks, we appreciate you as well, where, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are in the world. Um, we have just a lot of folks from all over that, that check us out and check in. If you would uh, like to leave us a message and you have a free Spreaker account, you can do that. All you have to do is, you know, there's a little like a message bubble looking thing on the, the players and you just tap that and leave us a message. We're on just about every podcast platform out there, so it's pretty easy to find us. If you want to actually contact us privately, you can do that. <clears throat> and um, just go to givegod90.com. And there's a contact page there. It gives you, you can send us an email. You can send us a snail mail. You can get up with us all kinds of ways. Uh, look for us on your fa favorite social media. Um it will either be under Give God 90 or it may be under my name, Jerry Mitchell. You, it just kind of depends on which one it is, really. Because some places let me have a separate page or a group, and other places tell me I have to do it through myself. So we're there. If you're looking for a, a way to help folks, let us know that, and we can put you in contact with some folks that are looking for help as well. Um, did you have a question? Um, tell people with phones how to access the bubble so they can chat. Well, they know if they've got to. No, they don't know. Okay, depending on which platform you're using, some you actually have to um, open the, the access page for it. With your cell phone, sometimes there's a spot in the bottom that gives the title of the message for tonight. If you just touch on that, then it'll bring you to a spot where you can find the bubble in the right-hand corner in the bottom. Well, some of them are on the left. It just or depends. Some is, yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. So, but, you know, just get up with us. We'll figure it out. <clears throat> um, I lost my train of thought where I was going for a moment there. The books. Oh, yes. If you're looking for, if you're looking for some special reading, there's a couple of books out already. Uh, Tradition to Truth and God's Universe, God's Rules. Uh, highly recommended by me. <laughs> <laughs> we, and, and, you know, if you're new, I always take a few minutes and let people kind of find their way in here because it is a lot more fun when you do this live and we get some interaction. So, you know, go ahead and you know, give us the message. We, we appreciate it. Um, we just... We're, you know we're here, but here's the here's the really neat thing. 
if you don't listen to it while we're live, you can still leave us a message and I'll get it. And there's a few people out there who know that I will respond to them. And if you have a question, let us know. We, you know, we like questions. I'm not afraid of any question. Trust me. Some of the things I have discovered, you would be amazed where they come from because typically it starts with people asking questions and you want to know, you know, inquiring minds want to know. <clears throat> the other thing uh, that I want to mention before I forget it again, I uh, kind of teased you a little bit the other, what was it, last week or the week before? And it's, I'm almost ready to let you in on a secret. I've just about got it down to where I can explain it and have it make sense. <laughs> it makes sense in my mind, but that doesn't always mean that the way I explain it, it will make sense in your mind. And, you know, this is this is basically radio. You don't get to see me, so I don't get any visual aids with this. <laughs> and, and that might be a challenge for me. But I think I can just, I'm just about ready to be able to explain it. So maybe this time next week, I will, I will let you in on a secret. Some of you may know, but you just don't realize you know it. So make sure you tune in. <clears throat> okay. Um, the Tonight's title, when I titled it, I thought, well, you know, there's going to be some people that are going to be going, well, what's the difference? Are you happy or are you joyful? What is the difference? But there is a difference between being happy and living a joyous or joy-filled life. That, And we're going to look at this in a way that you've probably not realized it. You know, it's really easy to be happy when, when you're with family, when you're with friends, you're sitting around, you're having a good time, everything's going great. It's easy to be happy, right? But it's not so easy to be happy uh, when you're sick or when you're hurting, when you're grieving, when you're being persecuted, when somebody's challenging you. But joy, on the other hand, can even be found in times of mental or emotional or spiritual anguish and pain. <clears throat> often, <clears throat> excuse me, often the Bible uh the word for happy is translated as blessed or blessed. And that's a completely different conversation. We've looked at that before. Um, by the way, if you want to go back and look at that, I think there is a tag for that on that particular podcast. <clears throat> so you can go look for that. But tonight I want to look at joy. And Myers going to read a passage from Genesis uh, 31, 19 through... 29. Laban was gone to cut the wolf from his sheep. While he was gone, Rachel stole the idols of false gods that belonged to him. And Jacob tricked Laban the Aramean. He did not tell Laban he was leaving. Jacob and his family left quickly. They crossed the Euphrates River and traveled towards the mountains of Gilead. Three days late, later, Laban learned that Jacob had run away. So Laban gathered his relatives and began to chase Jacob. After seven days, Laban found him in the mountains of Gilead. That night, God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream. He sa the Lord said, 
Be careful. Do not say anything to Jacob, good or bad. So Laban caught up with Jacob. Now Jacob had made his camp in the mountains. So Laban and his relatives set up their camp in the mountains of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? Why did you trick me? You took my daughters as if you had captured them in a war. Why did you run away without telling me? Why did you trick me? Why didn't you tell me? Then I could send you away with joy and singing. There would be music of tambourines and harps. You did not even kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You were very foolish to do this. I had the power to harm you, but last night the God of your father spoke to me. He warned me not to say anything to you, good or bad. Now, when we're talking about joy, <clears throat> excuse me, this, <clears throat> excuse me, this might seem like an odd place to go when we talk about joy, doesn't it? But do you realize that the first time the word for joy is used in the whole Bible? It's used in this passage. Specifically, um, in verse 27. Why is it that the word joy would be included in the transcription of an argument between Jacob and Laban? You know, <clears throat> Laban's basically raking Jacob over the coals. He said, look, you ran away. Why did you take these? My, my daughters, my grandchildren? What are you doing? If, if you would have told me, I would have sent you away with joy and with music. Hmm, kind of odd that we would see the word joy used in an argument. But if you're keeping score, we can look at Strong's number 8057. And the word we're going to look at is Simcha. Now you may have heard that word before. Uh, the, in the fall of the year, there's what they call Simcha Torah, the joy of Torah, the joy of the books of Moses. What? That's kind of odd. They celebrate this joy of the, the law that was given through Moses. But the first time we see it, it's in an argument. Does, does that really make sense? Well, the definition in English is joy or gladness, but there's actually a lot more to it. The word joy... It is kind of one of those oddly complicated Hebrew words. And it actually means that if we embrace the chaos, we divide our spirit. Laban's character is not the most um, honest. You know, Laban holds on to his pagan idols. He doesn't worship the God of Jacob. Even though... Jehovah comes to him in a dream and says, Don't you hurt Jacob. Laban doesn't worship Jehovah. But Laban, you know, he, he speaks about joy. And it's not this cozy, warm feeling we get, but instead, you know, Laban's thinking about throwing this great big worldly party, isn't he? But as with most of the lessons we have in the Bible, the Almighty is using this to show us something greater. 
if we embrace the ways of the world like Laban, our spirit will be divided because we're made in the image of the Almighty. And that character desires to be whole and complete. That's one reason that when we do, you know, maybe we do something we know God wouldn't approve of. You know, some people might say, well, it's your conscience talking to you. It, you know, that's your conscience bothering you. You did something, didn't you? Uh-huh. Well, guess what? It's not your conscience. Conscience, I'm sorry. It's actually our spirit fighting to remain whole and not become divided. Now, Paul tries to explain this sort of in a, not a very good way uh, if you look at Romans seven fifteen and 16. I do not understand the things I do. I do not do the things I want to do. I do the bad things that I hate to do. And if I do not do what the to do the bad things I do, then that means that I agree that the law is good. See, I told you he doesn't do a really good job explaining it. Even in the International Children's Bible, it's complicated. Paul struggles with explaining to the Romans that when we do something we know is going to make us uncomfortable, well, we're going to do it anyway. And our spirit is being divided. It's being ripped apart. Many of the people Paul were writing to, you know, they spoke Hebrew. You know, Paul went to the synagogues first. And in Rome, he went to the, the Jewish sectors of Rome. That's who he's writing to here. He's not writing to the, the uh, people who weren't familiar with Jehovah and the ways of the Jews. He's writing to Jews and he's trying to explain this to them. He's just doing a terrible job of it. You know, even when you realize what you're, what's being said and you struggle with it, that has moments where you, you finally, you know, the, the little spark ignites something and you realize what's being said. The problem is, with the way Paul's explaining it, some of the folks that he were writing to, just like we are today, they were so far removed from their monotheistic life that they, just like us, have trouble understanding a concept about what happens when our spirit divides. You know, more, more bluntly, when we rip our whole spirit apart, it leaves room for those unholy spirits to move in. That's what destroys us. It's what makes us more worldly. It, it, it encourages us to rip out more of the spirit of the Creator to make more room for the more holy, unholy spirits. Even in the spiritual realm, two, uh, two entities cannot inhibit the same space. That's one of the laws of physics. <clears throat> Two things can't 
be in the same exact space at the same exact time. You, you just can't do it. It's obviously true in the spiritual realm. Because it says so right in Scripture. So, what Paul's explaining to them, or attempting to explain, is if you, if you divide your spirit, you're going to do the things that you don't want to do. You're going to do the things you hate to do. But you're not going to do the things that you should do. And the way he explains it is that way we know <clears throat> that what we see in the, in the first five books of the Bible is good because a divided spirit doesn't want to do what is good. A divided spirit wants to do more of what makes the physical fleshy part feel good. And I bet there's a lot of people listening that can understand that part. The body wants to feel good. It has a desire. Ooh, you know what? I like I like steak. I like what you know, pick a pick your favorite meal. And you can be as gluttonous with it as you want, right? Well, no. Because the the spirit part says, you're gonna pay for that. <laughs> it's gonna hurt. And you're not gonna like it. And while you're doing it, you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you don't stop. Now, I pick on meals all the time because I like to eat, <laughs> right? But there's other things out there, and y'all know where, you, where I could go with that, but I'm not going to. <clears throat> so what we see here is a simple truth that starts out way back in Genesis. And we're being warned over and over and over again, and you're going to see how this comes together. Because what we're looking at for joy is we want that joy. But when what that joy is in English, it, it doesn't describe the warning that we get in the original language. Now we're going to look at Deuteronomy uh, 28, 45 through 48, where Moses is warning about the curses that come when we fail to follow the Creator's instructions. All these curses will come upon you. They will chase you and catch you and destroy you. This will happen because you did not obey the Lord your God. You did not keep the commandments and laws he gave you. The curses will sign will be signs and miracles to you and your descendants forever. You had plenty of everything, but you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a pure heart. So you will serve the enemies of the Lord enemies the Lord sends against you. You will be hungry, thirsty, naked, and poor. The Lord will put a load on you until he has destroyed you. So, again, we see the word joy is reminding us that if we embrace the chaos and evil, it divides our spirit. What happens when, that ha when our spirit's divided? Well, it's much easier for us to sin and we wind up hungry, thirsty, naked, and poor. That's pretty simple, right? Now, some of you might be saying, well, what about this person or what about that person? They're worth, you know, billions of dollars and they still, well, they might be worth billions of dollars, 
but what's that going to get them when they stand in judgment? It, it, you know, we're all equal at that point as far as money goes. Because money at that point isn't going to matter. What's going to matter is the way you lived your life. There's a familiar psalm. Uh, psalm 30 verse 5 says, His anger endures for a moment, but in his favor is life. Weeping may last all night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, now that you know what joy kind of means, and you have this concept that it, it reminds us not to embrace the things of the world, do you think that David would actually use the word joy in that verse? Well, actually, uh, David never in any of the Psalms is the word for joy actually used by David. The word simcha does not occur in the Psalms. The word, you know, happy is there. We'll see that in a second. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. David, Solomon, don't use the word. But they use something better because there's there's no need to be reminded that our spirits can be uh, divided here instead. David uses something better. He actually says some things here that are quite amazing. He says, you know, the Creator's anger is short, but His favor for us and our lives, it lasts a long time. We might spend all night crying, or we might go through the dark times crying, but when the light comes, when morning comes, oh, it's something better than joy. And the Hebrew word there is renah. And it is a shout. But not just any shout. We can, it, it's a rejoiceful, worshipful, praiseful. You know, kind of like you would think in, in English today, you know, where you stand up and shout hallelujah. Kind of like that, but better. If you could think of one word that would describe um, everything that you could worship, praise, honor, glorify, it's it's that if there would be a single word, and I'm not sure there is other than hallelujah, it's described in the way you deliver it as rena. Did that? Makes it okay. So Rena is not the actual word that you would use, but that is describing what you would be doing. Okay, I said that right. Okay. So, hopefully, hopefully you realize that joy is not that feeling of, uh, you know, warm special contentment oh i'm just so wonderful joy instead is a warning joy tells us that even though you you 
might be going through something bad, if you don't embrace the chaos, your spirit will remain whole. The reminder in Psalm 30, verse 5, that the Almighty's righteous anger lasts only a short time. Our sadness, our sorrow, it goes away. There's no need to remind us about the chaos. That's why David uses something better. Because the point David's making, the point that David is making is that even after you walk through the darkness, you come out, you can remain whole. You can remain complete. Solomon, when the, the, after the temple was built, as the ark is being brought into the temple for the first time, uh, we look at 1 Kings 8. Sol and, and this is just a short part of Solomon's prayer. But I think you get a feeling here of the difference between uh, the, the feeling of joy and the, the praise, the worship, the exoneration that we see as Solomon just kind of, well, well, I'll let his words speak for himself as you read that. <clears throat> but God, can you really live here on earth? Even the sky in the highest place in heaven cannot contain you. Certainly this house which I have built cannot contain you either. Yet regard the prayer and plea of your servant. O Lord my God, so that you may hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying before you today. In the past you said, I will be worshipped there. So please watch over this temple night and day. Hear the prayer I pray to you here. Hear my prayers and the prayers of your people, Israel. Please hear us when we pray facing this place. Hear us from your home in heaven, and when you hear us, forgive us. In verse 28, Solomon asks for the Almighty to hear his cry. His rana. That's the verb that expresses it. And, and even Solomon doesn't quite have the words in this prayer to express it. He says, I'm not begging for anything. I am praising you. Hear my shout of praise. Hear my shout of worship. Hear my shout. Hear my cry. Hear what I'm, I'm doing. I'm worshiping you. I'm honoring you. I'm glorifying you. And why? So that you can watch over this temple day and night. Now when we think about it that way, how many times have, have any of us listened to a prayer and it's been, you know, Lord, you've got to do this. You please, you just got to, you've got to, you've got to. But what Solomon, even Solomon, who, you know, let's face it, he was a party animal, right? Even Solomon is able to say, you know, not because I'm begging for anything, but because you deserve everything. And I'm trying to give you everything. 
so that you will be able to to look at this house that can't contain you but you can be here and look over it watch over it guard it maybe it's a little easier now for you to understand that it's it's difficult to be happy when you're hurting but you can be joyful when you're hurting because there's a difference between happy and being joyous you can you know you don't have to be happy when somebody's physically abusing you but you can be joyous you don't have to embrace their chaos you don't have to embrace their worldly ways you don't have to embrace the junk that goes along with that it's difficult to be happy when you're sick but you don't have to embrace the disease you don't have to embrace the sickness you can and you have the ability not to take hold of it you can you've been given the ability you've been given the authority to say I'm not having anything to do with this I may have to walk through this path with it and it might be part of me but I don't you know I'm not owning it it's not part of me I'm not dividing my spirit for the junk of this world my spirit my spirit deserves to remain whole my spirit deserves to remain complete my spirit deserves to be exactly the way my creator designed it to be I don't want to divide my spirit to leave room for the unholy things to come in I don't need to divide my spirit so that my body can feel good even though you know some food tastes really good even though you know sunshine what was the song sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy yeah you, know, you can be joyous on a cloudy day too you can be joyful when you remember that you don't have to embrace the things of the world because once you walk out on the other side of all that stuff then you can shout for joy then you can cry out in praise and in worship you can say hear my worship for you it's you know you don't have to take it with you there's something on the other side you know you don't have to be happy about life either it's okay to be a little perturbed it's okay to be a little upset why am i going through this well there's a reason you might be going through it you know and I, i've used those examples many many times we don't know who that we're going to reach through our pain through our disease through our hurt through our grief but we do know that there are many 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 people who watch us who see us and one of the things that we are called to do is to be that example 
And even though we might not understand it and we might question it, we can still be joyful. We're not always going to be happy until we get to the other side of it. When the morning comes, when the light shines on it. But, you know, it's it's really easy for somebody who doesn't know the creator of the universe to look at a, a happy believer and say, well, they're just happy because God's taking care of them. But it's really a challenge for someone to remain as faithful as Job as he walked through that, and yet Job remained joyful the whole time because he knew he wasn't going to allow his spirit to be divided. He knew he wasn't going to allow his joy to be taken from him. He wasn't happy. You know, nobody nobody that goes through Job what Job went through was happy. But he never once lost his joy. He never once lost his faith. He never once lost his trust. Because he knew and he understood that allowing his spirit to be divided is exactly what would destroy him. Did I explain all that? Okay. So did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Thanks for being here with us tonight, and we'll see you Monday. We will be here Monday. Um, I'm sure what we're going to be talking about, but make sure you listen next Thursday, especially for something special. Until then, many, many blessings, everyone. <laughs>